What is going on? You are listening to Tags Podcast, aka Talk About Gay Sex, the podcast. And I am your host, flying solo on this episode 326 wrap up 2021 episode here. In this episode, I'm very excited to kind of count down some of the highlights of the year with tags, what we saw, what we heard, what we spouted out of our dirty mouths. (laughs) That's right. It's going to be a fun episode here of recounting the past year. I also revisit my conversation with friend to tags, Finn Deerhart, who's going to be talking about Tantra and personal love and self-love in a sexual way, which we love Finn so much. Let me just go over some of the highlights. Well, we started 2021 with me turning 50. It's funny, we started with me turning 50 and me fracturing my ankle at the end of 2021. But I do have a positive attitude and it will heal. I am alive and there were so many great highlights in 2021. So as COVID here seems to be, the numbers just keep going up and up. It's I'm not surprised that I also ended on a slow note here, but that's okay. Keeping it positive. We also in the year, I started a, a show with the app Clubhouse where we really were talking about sex positivity on there. And I had friend to the show, Sebastian Lacaz, as my as my co-host on that. Cody as well was a co-host on there. And it was a really great platform, still is a great platform, where we got to go a little bit deeper and we kept it to our intimacy, intimate, intimate topics, I would say, is where we went with it. And if you haven't been on Clubhouse before, you'll know that everybody gets to talk. So while we were the moderators, we had a full audience of people that would chime in. And it's kind of like you raise your hand and everybody got to speak. And it was really great. We started that in the spring and carried it into the summer. But what I really got out of them, what I liked, is that we will, as we turn five this year, next in February, five years of Tags Podcast, that's right, uh, I want to incorporate a couple of features where you guys will be able to participate or ask questions um, in some of our featured shows. And whether that looks like going onto our Patreon page or finding there's a couple apps out there that I'm looking into, you can expect some new features coming your way with Tags Podcast in 2022 as we turn five. What else happened? Cody got a boyfriend. That's right. I think they really got more involved, Cody and his boyfriend. In fact, they're uh, coming upon a year now of, of their relationship. And I can attest that I really, really love his boyfriend so much. Jeremy continued, my co-host Jeremy Ross Lopez, continued to live and thrive in Massachusetts, where he calls in now. And we separated Lincoln and Jeremy from being on Tag's podcast, not for, not for any reason other than their schedules 
but that did make room for Cody Maurice Duggett to fill in, who's now a regular and will continue to be a regular every week on both Tags Podcast and Tags Live. Well, looking back at some of the episodes, one thing that I looked at what we were talking about, interesting at episode 230, which was our first episode of 2021, January 2021, we were talking about COVID spreaders. Remember those parties that were happening in the likes of Miami, Puerto Vallarta, and even in secret locations here in New York City? And the blame was going to the gays of having these secret parties or parties in the case of Puerto Vallarta that ended up being COVID spreaders and we were placing the blame on those. How ironic to be a year later thinking that we came out of the pandemic only to find that, well, it looks like we're not going to be locking down the same way as we were last year, but I think a lot of people are going to be staying in at least for a while until we figure out what's going on with Omicron and so forth. Moving on, we also talked about, um, you can listen to my birthday episode, episode 232, and that was a great episode because I was surrounded by some friends. Gregory Nalbone is one of my best friends, and he is on the premiere episode of Tag's podcast ever, the very, very first episode, and he graced my 50th birthday episode, which was fun. So if you want to revisit that, it's episode 232, where you can hear one of my best friends here in New York City, like I said, on the premiere episode and that episode. Also joining was fan favorite the ass doctor himself, the good doctor, Dr. Goldstein was on talking about his new future method and some of the products that are available at future method for our ass, our bums and our skin. I love the product so much, make great presents. So check that out. And Sebastian Lacaze also joined the party. He was talking about his podcast, Chasing Happy and always a great conversation when I talk with Sebastian. Well, I was revisiting some of the old episodes, and the comeback kid of 2021 goes to Matthew Camp. That's right. Do you remember when we reported back on episode 233 early on in 2021, Matthew, Matthew Camp's house burned down? That's right. He had a house. I believe it was somewhere in New York, but like in the upstate area, woodsy area, and somebody lit it on fire, seemingly on his block, and the whole house burned down. And it was a beautiful, nice house that he had a roommate that he lived there with, and it was devastating. But I call him the comeback kid because do you not remember... Just not that long ago, we reported on Matthew Camp's new doll, life-size doll. That's right. He has a new doll that, well, some may argue doesn't look exactly like him or might be a little creepy. But hey, if you're a Matthew Camp fan, this might be the next best thing 
And lastly, he was nominated for a Straight Up Gay Porn Award, which will be coming up in the early part of 2022. So this is why Matthew Camp gets the Comeback Kid Award of 2021. Talk about turning it around for the positive. Good for you, Matthew Camp. And lastly, I couldn't help but notice that early on episode 247, we were talking about a once a month prep. And wouldn't you know it, there is a new injectable prep coming out in 2022. That's right. I love stories like this that have their projections ahead of time, something to look forward to in the future. And then in the same year, you get closure to a lot of these things. That's right, because the FDA approves injectable forms of PrEP that would be given every two months. So just the other day, the FDA approved an injectable form of PrEP, and the medication can be administered every two months to help prevent someone from acquiring HIV. And what's great about this is anyone wanting to take Apritude must start by having two injections one month apart. They can then move to an injection every two months. And before having their first injection, they can take cabotegravir tablets for four weeks. And this is simply to check if you can tolerate the drug ahead and your first injection. And it's also vital, obviously, to make sure that you're HIV negative. The FDA says Apritude will come with a boxed warning about this as anyone with HIV who takes the drug may develop a drug resistance and limit their future treatment options. So this is huge and should be rolling out in 2022. So I'm loving that that follow-up to a story that we did early on. This was also the year where how we consumed sex was threatened in many ways. Remember we lost Xtube? Yeah, it seems so long ago, but if you go on Xtube.com now, it's no longer there. We reported on that. Thank God for Pornhub X videos, and I'm sure the X hamster and so much more free porn does live on and currently is not under threat. But then we almost lost OnlyFans as they were reporting no more explicit content, only nudity. Every OnlyFans sensation that was gay, that had content, was beside themselves. Oh my goodness. It was Austin Wolf was starting his own version of, of the, the content site. And then a few days later, we found that somehow OnlyFans worked it out with its investors. And thank goodness, all of our OnlyFans sensations were salvaged and saved. Woo, that was a scary one there. And lastly, Sniffies continued to become more popular. Sniffies, the non-app, the site where you can go on on your phone, anywhere, you can create a profile, you don't have to have a profile, you can be anonymous. And we had a representative from Sniffies on Tags Live this year who further explained how it all worked. And if you remember, 
in 2021, I shared my first Sniffy's story where lo and behold, when I went to the place to meet up with the guy, it was a doorman on duty. That's right. If Check that episode out. It was a good one. All right. And one of the main things that I loved about 2021 regarding tags was that we really started to offer advice for sex and relationships, solicited or not sometimes, as we would report on some Reddit threads. But you responded well by writing in and asking and continue to write in for sex and relationship advice, or at least to get our take on your predicament. We really love it, and I think it's really rounding out the show. It all stemmed from my... I'm a big fan of Wendy Williams. Hope she comes back. And she and her segment, Ask Wendy, if you'll remember, on June 1st, I was on the Wendy Williams show in the audience, and I was so happy. It was kind of when they started opening up the audience back to having some sort of an audience in there. And I was the first week and I got my question answered by Wendy Williams. Remember the one where I was dating the guy in my building during lockdown? Yep. And I wanted to know, should I ask another guy in my building out? And Wendy said, uh, keep it out of the building. Great advice. I did not ask that. By the way, that guy I think ended up being straight in my building who I do see in my gym. So I'm really glad I did take her advice and not ask this guy out. But we have loved giving you guys sex and relationship advice, or at least our take on it. And you'll also remember the listener who wrote in, and the question seemed all too familiar. It was a guy in San Francisco who was concerned about his boyfriend being sort of a player And in the description, it sounded so much like the guy that I've had a thing with. And lo and behold, it was the same relationship, the same guy that I used to date. I ended up telling him that we will give you advice, but you should know this first. He actually was so shocked, but got a great laugh out of it. We both did, and I wished him well. And report on on this guy, he ended up marrying... The guy, my friend, the guy that I used to date. So I'm really happy for them and it all worked out. But the year of advice and we want to continue that going in 2022. So please send us your inquiries if you takes on sex or relationship and we will give you that solicited advice. Well, I can't help but think of an interview to revisit. He will be back in 2022. I'm talking about sex and intimacy coach Finn Deerhart. Such a lovely guy with so much insight. On this one, we really talked about Tantra and how to approach it. And he's just, you know, whenever I talk to Finn, we can have something planned. And even if we go in a different direction, it really comes from the heart and is always insightful and useful information that I think many of our listeners enjoy. Let's hear from Finn Deerhart from 2021. I couldn't be happier to be talking to one of my really, really special, great friends (laughs) who's a friend to the show sex and intimacy coach finn Deerhart, mm-hmm. how are you i'm doing good it's it's 
always fun for me to talk with you and I feel really grateful that you're making this space for me to share again. <laughs> and that we, yeah. I love talking with you about this stuff. Absolutely. Um, like I said, um, Finn Deerhart, sex and intimacy coach. You can certainly find a lot about him at finndeerhart.com. We're going to be talking in uh, this discussion about two upcoming programs you will want to know about and potentially put in your calendar. But beforehand, I wanted to just thank you yesterday because we are, are doing this clubhouse now called mm -hmm. sex positivity for the lgbtq plus community and you joined in as a new clubhouser yeah <laughs> and i really i think you added so much to the room in general we were everybody was really sharing their perspectives on on our own unique journeys mm -hmm. and one of the things that you mentioned that really struck me is when we were talking about we were talking about on in the room about one of my co-hosts is recently new in a relationship mm -hmm. cody mm -hmm. and then we went into I was discussing about, say, my fears of entering a relationship, and everybody comes in with their fears, of course, particularly when you're in a work, um, a work in progress, as hopefully so many of us are. Mm -hmm. But you <laughs> mentioned that I wrote a little note down is you said who's you've been in a long term relationship, and you said you had a reckoning. Um, at some point that one person, your partner is never going to be everything you desire or need. And you had to come to that reckoning. Um, do you think that's something that we, many of us don't often think about, particularly when a relationship is new and we're just feeling all those amazing totally. feelings and lust and all the things that everything's going to be perfect. Do you think we don't think about that whole concept, that reckoning that you spoke of very much? Absolutely. Yeah, it's actually, it's like our brains do that to pair bond us, you know, like it's, um, we, it's kind of complex too, because different people have different responses to that. Um, it's called limerence, you know, when you're just like, whoa, I'm just enamored with this person. And I feel like I've known you my whole life and oh my God, you like skiing. I love skiing. You know, that kind of like, like <laughs> yeah, that's, right. Um, you like jazz. You I like, love Oh jazz my God, too. I play jazz in a way. Get that call. Like, what? Uh, yeah. Um, I've been really wanting to get into jazz. <laughs> exactly. And then you, you like, it's a, it's like an inflation of the person. So there is a, you know, a projection that's happening of, um, believe it or not, it's just, people that really activate us and even people that really turn us on sexually often have at the root, like a kind of um, transference from parents, you know, like it's maybe not like, Oh, you look like my dad or it's, but it's like, right. there's something about how we interact or something about the way that we fit together that brings up some of this, like, um, you know, st like the best and the worst of our parents and our caretakers, if you didn't have, you know, direct parents. And um, so it feels like oh, I've been looking for this my whole life because we did leave childhood. No matter how good our parents were, we all left with, with injuries and pain and stuff. So, yeah, we get in this new relationship. And depending on, as I said, it gets complex because some people are more 
afraid of like losing their autonomy. You know, it's like, if I get too close to you, you're going to take over my life. I'm not going to be myself. I know myself, I'll lose me and I can't hold on to myself. And then on the other side of the spectrum is like, oh my God, if I get close to you, you're just going to leave me. So I'm just going to keep up barricades. You know, I'm just trying to protect myself from this inevitable, I'm going to be left. Um, Right. So I think, you know, depending on where one is on that spectrum, it's going to show up a little differently, but this like being everything for your partner, uh, is it one, it's like a cultural story that even if we intellectually disagree with it, we have been raised in a, in a world that that's, you know, the predominant story about relationship. And it's hard to get rid of that story. But if you have an abandonment fear, especially it's like, Oh, I don't want you to be fulfilled by any, by anything, but me, you know, like if you are, that's risky. (laughs) Um, and that, and then, you know, even if we know that this is bullshit intellectually, like our child, you know, self is, is really reactive in the relationship. So that's what, you know, I've been with my partner for five years and that's been new levels of that, you know, just coming to terms with it and being like, you know what, I actually don't even want to be everything for you. You know, this (laughs) COVID has made, (laughs) made it where we've had to deal with that more. And, I, yeah, he, he like my partner likes a lot of space emotionally. So when, when he starts feeling really close, close, close to me, it can activate his fears. Like some of his parental stuff, like his parents or his mom specifically is really smothering to him. And like, for me, um, I, when I start feeling really close, I get really turned on. <laughs> right. So it sets up a, like a problem, you know, cause I'm like, I'm getting really, really turned on. He's like, oh, I'm getting really like, uh, I, I need some space from you. So, you know, that's oh. the, the kind of dance that will happen when we're both, yeah. you know, really activated, I guess, out of our centers. And so it's just good work, you know, because I'm going to look at that and be like, well, it's not that he doesn't love me or that he doesn't want to have sex with me. It's that he really feels like he needs a little space emotionally to feel safe and to feel like himself, you know? Um, yeah, it's interesting because it, a lot of your work is with partners, couples, but mm-hmm. it can be... You know, when we're just working on yourself and you talk a lot about dealing and looking at the trauma as LGBTQ plus people have, so many of us have, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But when you're kind of doing your work, your autonomous work for yourself, it would seem like when you meet somebody that they, you complete me. Right. Right. But I think hearing what you're saying, hearing what you said yesterday, that reckoning, the quicker I think that we can potentially have that reckoning with ourselves that that one person isn't completing me. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a film, right? Yeah, right. Was <laughs> and when you realize that you can continue on, even in this beautiful new partnership, the autonomous journey and maybe share your journey and kind of reveal each other mm-hmm. layers to each other and maybe realize that some things is it good to realize earlier on that we might have these dances throughout this journey together and to give each other space totally. to continue their own autonomous journey totally yeah, I think it's imperative, actually, for the health of any relationship. It's like, you know, we're supposed to go through this symbiotic kind of phase. It like, 
we bond together. Because if you met somebody and you're like, you know, I really love all this stuff about him and oh, I really hate all this about him, like I, you, we probably wouldn't pair bond, you know, so there's an inflation that happens. It's like, oh my God, right. you're a god. I love you. <laughs> um, you're, everything <laughs> right. you do is so wonderful. And then like it, after a while, <laughs> you're like, perfect. <laughs> yeah. And then all these things, these aspects of the person that were always there in plain sight, we start to notice them then when we come down off of the high. And I mean, to be fair, we're in, we have love drugs pumping been around in our brain you know so we're yeah we're in an altered state <laughs> right right so knowing that is really powerful because um most people and i mean most people hit the power struggle phase where all this starts to come out where you're like you know what you're not who i thought you were and right no, nobody can sustain that projection that we put on them nobody can it's, it's impossible um then then there's like a struggle and a lot of people go, oh, you weren't the one and they leave and um, or things, you know, it puts it too close to our own shit because we have to take responsibility for all those projections, too. And, no, and most people don't. I don't want to do that. It's like, no, he's the problem, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think having a framework to to work from is really helpful. So when you're in a rough patch, you can if you really have a connection with that person, you can say like it's not you it's that there's a thing that we do with each other that comes up and it's the thing that in between us that we need to kind of work on not like try to change each other you know and then when it has to do with say our like sex between two people um yeah. recently i was talking to a friend of mine who broke up with he's was the older of the two of them they had a significant age gap and one of the things that w wasn't being met for him was he wanted to have sex way more yeah. his sexual lim libido was much stronger than his partner's was who was significantly younger and not that that has any correlation obviously but right, right. i think when we're noticing different things and even our desires mm -hmm. um i know a lot of your work is really bringing people together like if in couples and even finding out what their desires even are, um, it can be a, an, an interesting time, right? In a yeah. relationship to explore yeah. some of those desires yeah. and in other people, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You mean like exploring them outside the relationship? Or just within the relationship too. Yeah. I think maybe so many people are very, um, you know, now I think if I was to enter a relationship, I would be much more, open about what I desire. And I think in the past, I spent too much time trying to be that mm -hmm. sexual being that I thought my partner right. wanted me to be. So I think now I would come into it a lot more from a communicative way. And um, instead of smashing down my desires and what I truly want. And it can be kind of an exciting time yeah, to explore yeah. with your partner, even if they don't share the same desires. Absolutely. Right? Totally. A hundred percent. And here's the thing that I think is so hard for, for just the human experience, but especially gay guys. I, I, I mean, that's not like quantified anywhere, any kind of study, but there are tons of studies about how gay men are impaired in their abilities to make, secure attachment because we left childhood predominantly being rejected for who we are and not affirmed by parents for, you know, ourselves hiding ourselves. And so we didn't get a, a validated experience um, or cultivating the kind of 
uh, relational skills that help us build secure attachment, you know, but many of us found a way to survive and to get through and sex is like this, like it's on an altar and it, it and you know, it's amazing. Sex is amazing. So it's like, we fought really hard to get here. You're not going to take this away from me. So then we get in relationships right. and what happens? I mean, almost every couple that I work with, it's like, okay, so the relationship is set up in a way where, you know, to get close with someone and to feel really safe with someone, we have to feel each other's pain, you know, and like really make space for that. Um, right. And we want to protect each other from the pain. Like we want to be like nurturing and safe and like, you know, stable, but like, sex and desire like our arousal templates the things that turn us on most are the wounds like the very wounds that we're trying to protect our partners and ourselves from in the relationship so then it's like well i don't know how to get really turned on super hot in the relationship because i'm you know watering down the the effect of feeling these wounds between us so that we can feel safe you know right. but like if i want to get really horny most people have this experience where it's like where did they get you know, the, the hottest sex is when they're like, there's some emotional distance or like in hookups or when they're on substances or some place where they're able to like, let go more and like feel themselves more. Um, maybe there's a power dynamic that exists. And then because of all the pain that they carry, you know, so if you want to, you know, again, it's like the couple has to come to this point where it's like, wow, I really you don't, you don't like do all the things for me sexually. And even if guys are in open relationship, it doesn't even matter. Cause a lot of guys are in open relationships, just in a, in a, in an attempt to like circumvent these problems anyway, <laughs> you know? So right. whatever kind of relationship you're in, you know, monogamous on a spectrum to open or poly, it's like, these are still dynamics that have to be held and attended to. So a couple can really bring that in, like you were saying and say, all right, I want to, look at what comes up for me, you know, like with this and that, and, you know, kind of start sharing their desires amongst them, each other, or, or bringing in people or role playing or doing all, you know, and they're going to confront their fears of rejection and their, you know, fears of embodiment, or I don't know how to do that. And, oh, I've been performing my whole life. And I don't know how to step into this fantasy of mine that I've been holding since I was young. You know, I love this fantasy, but I can't do it because I can't feel comfortable enough. <laughs> um, right. It's a lot. Yeah, it's just a lot. But it, it can be done. And then it's really beautiful because it's healing because then your partner's with you and is like, I'm, I got your back. And yeah, let's do this. I do want to watch you get gang banged or whatever, you know, and, and then when, <laughs> when that can happen, that's a healing moment because, oh, it's I get to be all of me. Um, and at the same time, instead of having to segment my experience on either side, you know, Hey, it's your buddy, Steve V host of tags podcast. And the last Sunday fun day, my buddy who's been on the show, but I'm not going to name names before had me manscaped his back using his rusty old clippers. We were hanging out by the pool and he thought he'd, Asked for my services to kind of trim him up a little bit, which happy to do. But when I grabbed his clippers, I'm not sure when he got these. They were grabbing his back. I had to be careful how I used them. It was a hot mess. And I quickly switched him over to Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which did the job so much better, so much smoother. I think we have a new recruit. You know why? Because Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. And they've got their perfect package 3.0 kit. 
The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the Essential Lawnmower 3.0 that I was talking about. It's waterproof, cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine in this kit. This is the best trimmer on to help you trim up the hedges. This trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, and it's thanks to their skin-safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When you trim the hedges, the tree stands taller. Inside their perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, making sure your balls are smelling majestic before your next grinder date. You'll also find the Crop Reviver Ball Toner, a spray-on testy toner that's designed to make your balls smell irresistible. With the perfect package or performance package purchase, you get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, $39 value, and the patented high-performance Reduced Chafing Manscaped Boxers. Well, I've got a deal for you. Get 20% off plus free shipping by using our code TAGS, T-A-G-S, at manscaped.com. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code TAGS, T-A-G-S, at manscaped.com. Calm. It's 2021 and you still got Bush. Change that with Manscaped. Well, one of the things you mentioned yesterday when we were in Clubhouse, I believe you said in, in an upcoming workshop, but as so many of us are so attached to porn and porn is such a part of so many of <laughs> our days at times i'm sure this past year for so many of us it was just you know with only fans people's subscriptions have just skyrocketed and getting turned on by people that we follow porn and all mm -hmm. and i think you said you have an upcoming workshop where you're going to be working with partners or just people like kind of reenacting finding clips of your favorite porn scenes, yeah. why they turn you on, yeah. what it triggers in you, and then helping you recreate that for yourselves. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because I was so intrigued by that. Yeah, man. I love, you know, it's, so, you know, the hot debate around like porn addiction or sex addiction and all this stuff, especially yeah. post like what happened in Florida. And uh, it's such a, it's a scapegoat that people use. It's like, oh, this person's like they're porn addicted or they're in what's happening so often is like, it's not the porn that's the problem. It's the, as much as it's like the person, like, like for instance, in a relationship, are they going towards porn and jacking off because it's easier for them there or because they don't, they don't know how to confront something with their partner or because they feel inhibited so much with their partner. But, you know, Hey, like when we go whack off to porn, we're by ourselves and we get to feel ourselves, you know, by ourselves and in the privacy of our minds where we get to just find what we want. There's no monitoring. So there's a lot of safety that's felt there. Um, and so guys will, you know, maybe edge for hours with porn. You know, I, so there are days where I have like, you know, I call it like a porn tunnel. I'm like, Whoa, it's been like <laughs> two and a half hours. I, I had set right? out to do stuff and <laughs> look, look at where exactly. but you know, like it's all in the head. So it's psychogenic. It's in the mind and you're like having this experience vicariously of other people. Um, but you're projecting your own dynamics and owning like your own thoughts onto these people because if i show like 10 people the same clip everyone's going to have a, a slightly different experience and some of them a radically different experience of what's going on there and who's enjoying it the most and all just that because we're projecting our own totally. self into that scene right and everyone's scene is different 
Exactly. And so guys will feel highly aroused and then they won't know why exactly. They just know it's quote unquote hot. And then they go to their boyfriends or they're even in a hookup and they can't get out of their heads and they're not used to embodying those dynamics. So it's like this class I want to teach is to kind of help men like pick through it and maybe even share it. And I'm going to think about some way of like sharing the porn where everyone can watch it together and talk about what dynamic is happening here. And like, who do you identify with and what is he thinking? You know, just kind of like projecting your own dialogues out there so that we can giving some words to these images and video that we often just, like you said, just goes right into our minds, into our brains, but actually breaking down what it's actually doing and what it's exactly enticing. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, how do you take that? And then now that, you know, how do you use your body to like communicate that same desire? And most people, if you've been lying on your back, you know, with your phone in your hand, it's like, I have no idea how to start, you know, using my actual body to, to embody that dynamic or to communicate those sentiments or feelings or, you know, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, so it's like, well, let's practice. Let's uh, use your body, <laughs> like, you know, grab yeah, a partner right. <laughs> and yeah. I think it would be really I fun. Love is this in your upcoming, because this might be a good time to talk about your five-part series. It's called Embodying Desire. Like I said, it's a five-part series, Bridging yeah, the yeah. Mind and Body. It's going to be on Wednesdays from 7 to 9 Pacific Standard Time, beginning May 19th. Mm-hmm. We'll give you more information on that. Um, is this some of the stuff that you're going to be exploring in this five-part series? And what else can we expect from this? Yeah, totally. It is. There's a little bit in there um, about porn. And actually, it's interesting. You've taken some of the material before doing elements of desire that um, that's that this right. program is built on that's coming up. And so, yeah, people can expect to learn. Um, OK, so what's motivating me for this experience and how do I use my body to show that, you know, some physical exercises, ways of practicing, um, again, getting out of the head and just trying to find contact with the body you know like when you're like just in i don't know working out's a good metaphor for me when you're in it i was just gonna say yeah right Mm -hmm. you have to really embody it and take it just from the ethereal or the the brain into your body actors do this all the time you have to Mm -hmm. make it physical to feel the character why wouldn't we think that getting intimate and learning more about ourselves wouldn't be a physical experience as well yeah. Yeah. And we don't, we've really, I think, I know I'm generalizing when I say this because people are in different places with it, but like we've largely lost like our, like a large portion of how to use our bodies, you know, like we're so civilized and, but we're really still jungle animals. And I think that's why part of the reason why, um, you know, sex, uh, it lives in these places for a lot of people of shadow and that there's shame around it because it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't fit in with our cultured <laughs> way of being or civil ways of like, ex, you know, exchanging values. Cause it's like a lot of re- sex is really rooted in transgression and, you know, competition and like wanting to be better than someone or wanting to be less than someone, you know, these are not the kind of values that people sit around their table after church and want to <laughs> like admit that they're feeling. So, I mean, you can't really use your body for it either. It's like we've been trained. Yeah. 
it comes to like the I immediately think a sexual encounter or a sexual experience can be five minutes in a bathroom stall in a department right, store with right. somebody that you just hooked up with mm-hmm. wham bam and it's done and it can be really hot not taking away anything from that right. it can also be two to five minutes turning on your favorite porn scene mm-hmm. knowing that you just want to make get off really quickly but when you do that what comes to mind is that it's you're just going to that one part of your brain that one go-to that you know is a tried and true and going to get you off but it limits the capacity the the immense dimensions that our sexuality really has and our Mm -hmm. desires really go so while i think it's probably fine if you want your go-tos here now and then and not punish yourself over that i wrote a note down here i think it was from yesterday um like the working out uh, Mm -hmm. theory that we were talking about Mm -hmm. prioritizing i wrote prioritizing and setting setting aside time for ourselves and by ourselves i mean our desires and and what we getting a little more in touch with you have to prioritize that and i wrote think of it as a practice and for those of people that know yoga yoga is not about perfection you come to the mat wherever you are that day and even if you were able to backbend it yesterday and your (laughs) you know your pancake stretch was like really good and you felt like madonna because you're like at least okay i felt like madonna oh totally you're like and yeah and then then i did a bunch of leg workouts or i was just slacking off for a while and i tried to do it again and it's like i'm not there and every yoga instructor i've ever had said it's not a competition yoga is such a metaphor for life you Mm. pick up wherever you're at that day beginners intermediate advanced and but it's but keyword it is a practice so prioritizing setting aside time for our desires i think should be thought more of as a practice would you not agree with that i totally do yeah and even if it is like hey i want to go to the department store you know (laughs) like elevated the the woods yeah (laughs) like it's like actually it's in do you know will tantra do you know will have you seen um, only because of you and I've looked at, um, yeah, n- but no, I tell me more about him. Well, he's been so inspiring to me because he's so like comfortable and just his desire and expressing it. And like, um, he moved away from San Francisco when I was living there, but I just loved like hanging out with him and he would be like, yeah, man, I think I'm just going to go to the beach this afternoon, like to Marshall's beach. And he's like, I'm just going right. to go and, you know, pleasure in the sun like jack off and like see if i can like you know connect with someone who wants to really share some connection and bliss and at the time this is like a few (laughs) years back i was like but he is so radical but now i'm just like yeah why can't it be just like yeah i love if that's what one likes to do is like i love to cruise and i'm gonna go to the bathrooms and do you know and like really i think people want to shield themselves from what comes up in the process because the majority of people you know in all honesty who have done this you know cruising in bathrooms i'm one of those i had some really hot experiences that way especially earlier on there's a lot of shame also as part of managing that behavior right it's right right a lot, a lot of people are there because they don't or can't do it elsewhere um 
so it's it's like also embracing what happens in the process and it's i think of tantra that way it's like okay it's not about like oh do we have to just sit in eye gaze it's like well maybe i want to go like i used the gangbang earlier but i'm gonna like go do it i'm gonna be real aware about what's happening for myself i'm gonna like really look at the feelings that come up and i'm gonna think about it and let myself feel them, even if that's grief, you know, um, it's okay to feel right. gr grief and excitement at the same time. And um, that, yeah, that's how I think of it. So a lot of us, I think it's like, get it and get it off and get out, get out really fast and then back to life. And that doesn't feel good to me because it feels really jarring. <laughs> yeah, um, right. Yeah. It's funny you say the shame thing about how it can be really hot. So cruise the bathrooms and all that stuff. And, but you're right for so many of us or so many people that do partake in those kinds of hot acts. There's mm -hmm. for everyone that's open about it. There's plenty of people that that's their only expression right. of yeah. their sexuality and the interchange that you may have when you are engaging with somebody that say is totally not out of the closet and it's it's you're still having an exchange we uh, might be sharing energies and i think to be aware of that would be such a good thing because it could bring up certain things for yourself too or at least having that mindset and awareness yeah um because whether you know it or not you're exchanging energy when you hook up like that and yeah, yeah. if it's so, yeah, I think it's that's such a great thing to just kind of see what comes up for you afterwards, too, or during. Or during, maybe right, take yeah. mental note. Yeah, because yeah, how many times have you been like sucking a dick and been like, I'm done with this, but I'm doing it anyway? I've had that experience <laughs> yeah. a lot. And I might even actually be simultaneously really turned on about his cock or something, you know, about the man, but also inside having a anywhere from like a boredom to ambivalence to like a disgust response about something else in the experience. But a lot, and a lot of us have <laughs> right, that totally pulled out of the experience as totally. well. But yeah. Yeah. And it's like, well, what about that? Like, well, what's happening? Right? What's happening? <laughs> it took me a long time to really ask like, what is happening here? I, <laughs> I love these questions that we can ask ourselves. And, you know, I wrote this other note down it was stemmed a little bit from the discussion we were ha having yesterday mm -hmm. on sex positivity. And it had to do with the, the general question of as gay men mm -hmm. or LGBTQ, it sounds like we're a really young subgroup species in a lot of ways because you talk a lot, your, a lot of your work explores the willingness to explore the various traumas that have occurred through us. And so many of us have, our traumas have to do with our childhood. And of course, oftentimes with religion, mm -hmm. you talk a lot about it in your bio. Again, people can read about it on your website. We'll give you that again. But um, do you think that just as gay men as a subgroup, I call it species to our mm -hmm. heterosexual counterparts that we're just starting to show signs of of seeking our like potential growth just yeah. um, people like yourself people that are really um tantra 
specialists are helping us that there's something more to to it than just being gay and in the sex part of it that we're just starting to crack the surface surface i do yeah i do i think change is happening and i know that people want change to be fast but that's just not how cultural change happens quite often and i do think it's changing and um you know look at where it was just you know 20 years ago Right. You know, you know, a really awesome book. Um, have you, you might have seen this. If not, I, th- I recommend this book to everybody. It's um, Out of the Shadows, Reimagining oh. Gay Men's Lives by Walt Odets. And it down right now. Dude, it's so cool. He like basically in a nutshell, the book is like a look at the gay community from the AIDS crisis to the post AIDS crisis to the now and like three different, you know, communities with the people that are immediately involved in the crisis and then people that came out of the closet afterwards, but shortly thereafter. And then now young people today and the difference of the spectrum of their awareness of all that, like, and he folds in a lot around just our development as kids and what we've been through and, and why it's, you know, we have sex and intimacy issues and it's just a really beautiful book. Um, Wow. Yeah, it's really cool. But exactly what talking exactly what I was saying, how young and Mm -hmm. how we are and change does take a long longer than we would want it to probably. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think people are talking about this more, you know, like mental health is becoming less stigmatized. uh, People are, are more um that people used to be like ashamed if they're going to therapy you know it's like uh, and still people still do think that like oh you're what's wrong it's like nothing's wrong i'm trying to adjust to this ridiculous world that i live in (laughs) like and doing uh, the work yeah it's actually should be a really applauded uh, if nothing else or just great you're doing the work that Mm -hmm. you know I think you were even saying, I'm sure you wouldn't mind me sharing, but just Mm-mm. you had today was sort of a me day for you. And you as don't. a, you're a coach and, and have clients, but you've got your own coach and the importance of that too. You, it must be so important to you. To, oh my God. Yeah. So, yeah. A hundred percent. Like my therapist, I don't want to say her name, Aggie Quinn. She's, <laughs> she is fucking amazing. Um, and I've been in therapy for five years. I've been in supervision for two years with my own work. Um, and I had both today, therapy and supervision. And it just makes me really happy. It always reaffirms that I feel like I'm in the right place, you know. I love that. Well, Finn, as always, I want to thank you so much. Um, always enlightening conversation. And I hope you continue to pop in when you can to our clubhouse every Thursday night. Yeah, dude, that's really cool. And about that, I'm so stoked that that's happening. And now that I know more about what clubhouse is, um, right. that was really cool. And I will definitely be back. And I appreciate that y'all are doing that for people. So awesome. Absolutely. People can follow you at Finn Deerheart, correct? Totally. On Instagram. Um, and go to my website, your website too. Yeah, and sign up for a newsletter and you can stay abreast of anything that's happening. It's F I N N D E E R H A R T.com. Finn Deerheart.com. Yeah. Finn, as always, thank you so much. Yeah, Have man. a blessed and beautiful, um, weekend and, um, I'm sure we'll be talking soon. Yeah. Thank you. Well, this has been so much fun revisiting 2021. Boy, what a year, right? Really some highs and lows throughout the entire year. Remember Hot Vac Summer? 
that's right, when we thought we were out of this thing, then we found ourselves getting the booster shot, and here we are at the end of it, not looking so good, but it can only get better. I'm confident of that, especially in my situation with my fractured ankle. It can only get better from here. We turn five in just um, in February, turning five, lots of surprises coming to you as we turn five, five years of podcasting, new surprises, but giving the same quality and content you've come to love. Wishing everybody a very happy new year, happy 2022. Be well, and remember, continue having hot, gay, 